welcome to episode 233 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was published on Monday, 23rd of December, 2019. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed, and this episode of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast is a bonus show, my little Christmas present for you. It's an interview with Michael Muracek, co-founder of the lustworthy bicycle brand Festka of the Czech Republic. The company was in the news recently with a $35,000 carbon road bike painted to look like porcelain. So I called Michael for a chat. And here we talk about this particular paint job, as well as why one Fesca bike recently sold for $100,000 in a Forbes charity auction. Fesca is co-owned by a billionaire, and I've just written a story about the brand and that billionaire for Forbes. Check it out at forbes.com forward slash sites forward slash Carlton Reed, which is where all my Forbes articles are stored. Uh, Michael, uh, t- tell me about the well. The reason we're, we're I'm talking to you today, and you've had some media on this in the last few days, uh, is this project you've been working on for like 13 months for this this Bangkok bicycle collector. So tell me about that before we get into into Fesca uh, as a whole. This was a very interesting project for us because we love this uh, difficult project uh, and. Uh, this client was amazing because he gave us a freedom and he just uh, uh, influenced us with his life and then uh, we have a complete freedom. So uh, we know about him that he collects uh, the bike. So he has a more than 40 uh, full custom bikes and uh, he also collects the porcelain. So uh, for us, uh, was this uh, like a good idea to... Uh, works with uh, uh illustrator named Michal Bachak which is an amazing guy he did a lot of porcelain stuff and uh uh there was a long time ago in our heads uh, uh to do something what represent like a Czech porcelain or Czech glass school so this was a good opportunity for us so um why they took the 13 months was uh, because uh, uh, the clients wants to have a lot of personal details. So uh, we was uh, drawing on the paper a uh, lot of sketches. And this just took us like a six months to send him uh, the sketches uh, uh, and discuss every detail. So if you see it on the bike, you see that there is a lot of small pictures and uh, everyone somehow is connected with his life with his uh, life past with his family uh, so this was interesting on one time and i think that this um, uh, create uh, for him really personal uh, bike 
Do you know, is he going to be riding this bicycle or is this a bicycle for his wall? Yeah, definitely. No, 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 definitely. Definitely he'll be riding the bike. Uh, his house, it looks like um, like a temporary cyclist museum. So uh, so he has a bike's display in his house, but he uh, used them, the majority of the bike, or what I can uh, see on his uh, social media uh, he writes so and uh, with that bike uh, he discussed with us uh, mainly about the, the 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 riding specification so uh, the bike is ready to be used so he has uh, uh, handlebars what uh, he normally use uh, nothing fancy um there was there is a lot of stuff uh, which uh, tells everyone that this bike uh, should be uh used uh, in the future so how did he find you in the first place this project has a lot one exception because normally uh we do this directly with the customers uh this guy uh talk first with our uh dealer in bangkok so um, somehow it goes through him, uh, but uh, after that uh, he used our client service. Um, Bangkok, it's a good market for us, maybe surprisingly, but uh, uh, Bangkok uh, has a very uh, unique uh, thing that uh, there is a one only one route where it's possible to ride the bike like safely. It's around the airport which is open, It's it was a create for the cyclist, and it's open 24 hours per day. So uh, in Bangkok, it's a big city, so it's uh, every uh, hour you can meet the cyclist there and you can join them. So, and this created a specific market because uh, it's uh, some kind of the socializing. So people... Uh, need to care what they wear for example like a jersey business it's in bangkok a little bit different in the rest of the world so because you go uh to ride the bike and it's a similar like in the europe we go to the pub so uh we want to be well dressed and show maybe our social status uh, whatever uh and in the bangkok somehow uh, this works similar with uh with a um, uh, riding the bike around the airport because you met always the same people and uh, you need to show them uh, the new stuff so it's uh, it's uh, it's changed a little bit business uh, and uh, we have uh, quite a lot of customers there and uh, majority of them uh, owns uh, custom bikes the, the the bicycle is it's a spectre it's a, a stand a kind of i'm saying standard here it, it's it's your it's your base model and then people then customize from there yeah yeah actually it's not a base model uh, it's a race uh, model so this is the same bike what for example uh check track uh, national team used uh, for for their road races and they have also a version of this frame for for the track so it's very stiff so this is another another thing what showed that the clients really want to uh, use this bike because if not uh, uh, probably he will go for the cheapest frame or maybe for the most expensive frame to uh, make the show off. So and he chose this uh, really race uh, oriented uh, frame because I've seen his social media. I mean he he rides in Europe, so he come and does uh, like events in Europe as well, doesn't he? So he maybe ride 
ride in one of them. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, we didn't have a chance uh, to meet him uh, uh, during this process, uh, but uh, hopefully, I hope that we will meet uh, here in the Europe or uh, during my traveling to Asia. So this was basically a, a, a thirty-five thousand dollar bicycle. Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, uh, yeah. It's hard to say like that because uh, uh, in these cases, um, the price it's um, it's it's very hard to set up the price because uh, uh, um, we did this art bike or bike together with the artist in the past. Uh, so there is um, I don't know. Uh, let's say seven uh, bikes like that already uh, from the past, and um, uh, we always try to uh, choose the artist which has a good value, and there is a uh, you can predict that his work uh, will be uh, more expensive in the future. So uh, so far, uh, all the bikes what we did in this art edition. Uh, keep the price or maybe uh, today price is higher uh, than was on the beginning. And uh, very often the price for the artwork, it's higher uh, than uh, the material cost uh, for the bike and for the components. Because on the components front, you, you you took the logos off, didn't you? Of the of the components, we t- yeah we, yeah we took a logo off. We redesigned the SRAM uh, group set. So because in the original there is a like a silver sticker, and we we changes uh, we changed that. Uh, and there was uh, some people from SRAM uh, saw it, and I was uh, impressed how how this looks. So there's uh, so many small details. Uh, we ask also the the lightweight to use uh, like different bearings and etc. So so there is a small tuning also on on the components uh yeah we remove uh, the logo from uh the seat post and etc but this is a, some kind of the standard stuff what we do because we try to always uh, think uh, about the bike like a complete uh, thing so all the components need to play um, um yeah so nothing special for for us uh, like uh, to to redesign a group set mm-hmm. it's uh, quite common for us and and how many bicycles are you customizing a year and how many bicycles are you selling a year so how big is the custom part of your business in the past was uh, like uh, uh when when we start like so we start like uh, 10 years ago so then uh, and immediately we start to sell our bike so in reality it took us like five years to reach the limit uh, to reach the level where we are today uh, with R&D and uh, production capacity and etc so uh, it took us let's say five years to develop the product uh, then until now it took us uh, another four years to uh, set up the production and all the processes so we wasn't in a hurry in the past uh, um, years so it will change right now so for example past two, the past three years uh, we keep our production on uh, 200 uh, frames uh, uh, per year we have a production capacity for 500 so for the next year uh, we plan to reach a higher number uh, on the beginning uh, the 100 percent of our frame was uh, full custom 
then uh, we uh, start to step by step represent uh, something what uh, we call core collection. It's a uh, um, standard design. Uh, then we have uh, some kind of the limited edition of uh, designs and these full custom. Today, 70% of our customer buy uh, the basic design. Maybe they change uh, the color too much uh, with their car, whatever. And the 30% of uh, our production is the unique things for each rider. So, so tell me how you make your frames, because it's not, I mean, most carbon frames are in mold. This is not in mold frames. No, uh, there is a two things. So first it's a tube to tube connection, so which is not so unique. Uh, uh, but uh, what it's uh, quite unique or not so usual, it's the, the filament welding tubes, what we use. Because uh, 10 years ago, when we started thinking, uh, to produce the bike, we we have a freedom because we don't have any past. So uh, we was looking to to the future. So we uh, uh, we were searching uh, what uh, and we tried to guess what uh, the carbon um, um, industry can move uh, in 10, 20 years perspective. So so and we took the inspiration for uh, the aircraft industry, and in these days was a big. Uh, hype around the uh, Boeing Dreamliner. And uh, for example, Boeing Dreamliner main tube of this plane, it's a main with the same technology like V2 tubes. So in the shortcut uh, for us, what is um, very important is that these tubes are made by the machine, by the robots. So uh, uh, if you compare the molds production, it's a handmade uh, job. So this is uh, the people where make a mistake because they think that we are a handmade company, which is not a true. Uh, the big brands are handmade uh, uh, because they need to take uh, like uh, 500 or 700 pieces of the pre-pregs and they need to put them by the hand inside the molds. And it's quite unhealthy. Uh, there is a lot of uh, space for some mistakes, and etc. So in our case, uh, the robots do our tube. They are very precise. They are always in the same mood because they don't have the family issues and wild party. So they every every day uh, produce the perfect tube for us. And uh, and then uh, we use the human hands uh, to assemble them. So think that we have uh, absolutely freedom uh, to do any size uh, what we need. Uh, so normally we offer 24 sizes, like stock sizes, let's say, uh, and uh, plus uh, the custom one. Uh, we can change uh, the tube if we need it. So I remember that in the past we did a, a few frames for very heavy people. So uh, they don't have the same tube like I use. And in our workflow, it's uh, quite easy uh, to change uh, tube uh, just for them. So this is a uh, um, different way how to produce the stuff from the carbon. Uh, not so common for uh, bicycle industry. It's very niche in the bicycle industry, but it's uh, very common in the different kind of uh, industry like uh, automotive, uh, uh, aircraft industry, or um, the gas bottle today are made uh, from the carbon and it's very similar technology like we use for the tubes. And, and where are you? Uh, the robots are somewhere different and then you get them shipped in and then you assemble. Where, where do you assemble? 
we uh, we produce the tube in, in the south of the Czech Republic by the coincidences in the very small city when I was born and I didn't know it that we have a company like that there and uh, these guys are amazing it was a company it was found by two students in the uh, I don't know 1993 if I remember correctly and uh, uh, there was a one student who uh, studied like aircraft engineering and the composite material and the uh, uh, the other one was a, a student who studied robotic scientists and uh, one professor uh, put them together and say one hey you should design it the the robots for uh, your colleague uh, and uh, uh, you, sh- you, you should try to do something and they tried uh, and they found the company and what is uh, amazing for us is that these guys build own robots so and they also make the program for them so if Today I need something. They completely control uh, the. Uh, they 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 really control their production because uh, very often the people buy some machine, but they don't know who make the software for them. So they they have a lot of possibilities what they can do with them, but not unlimited. And uh, these guys are very uh, unique uh, in the carbon world with that uh, with that possibilities. So today we are very connected. Even our head of R and D has a table uh, in that company, and uh, for the next year he will be employed by that company because it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, better, it's cheaper for us. So uh, so we are very close so they do uh, so today we have a let's say free spots on the robots so we can even change uh, uh, everything like uh, i don't know hour before so um, yeah so they produce the tube for us but uh, we do together the r&d because we need to know uh, what uh, how to make the tube or what we want to receive for the final product so it's a very close partnership and are they then making that mainly for aerospace normally? Uh, they do like uh, uh, like uh, tubes or beans, uh, and these beans uh, goes to company who produced robots, and these robots working in the automotive industry, for example. Uh, they do like uh, stuff for uh, military. Uh, I saw it that they do like. Uh, uh, the, the car uh, uh, RPG from the carbon and stuff like that, uh, uh, any kind of the product, uh, and very often very high end with uh, some uh, uh, sophisticated needs. So uh, the, they do beans, which are the base of a very precise cutting machine, for example. So so uh, it's uh, hard to imagine, uh, but it's uh, very often it looks like a very ordinary product, like a normal. Uh, aluminium beans made from the carbon but uh, they are so uh, so good that they know uh, how to design uh, the layers of the carbon inside that the product uh, uh, absorb some kind of the vibration for example so uh, so I, I i remember that they did uh, one project for uh, some line uh, uh, production line in automotive industry and they replace uh, the aluminium beam with the carbon beams and the uh, the lines goes 15 times faster than before. So uh, this has a huge impact uh, to their business. So so they do this kind of uh, uh, very high-end uh, engineering. So you get the tubes, this very high-end engineering tubes, and, and you then have a factory or a workshop where you then put these things together. 
Yes, yes, yes. So we have, uh, we, uh, yeah, so we do own R&D. So it's the, we need, always need to tell them what we want. So uh, uh, then we receive uh, uh, the tubes from them very often two times per week. And uh, we need to meter them and uh, put them to the jig, uh, make the, the lamination around the joints. Uh, uh, um, you know, we need to uh, prepare the carbon for the paint shop. We have our own paint shop, so uh, we need to paint them and uh, we do assembly and etc. So, And how many people have you got working there, Michael? Uh, Today it's working for us uh, 18 people. So in the past was a more, it was all uh, close to 30 when we was really working on the R&D stuff. Uh, now all the team has uh, 18 members. And tell me about the company. Um, you said before that you were, you've been you've been going for 10 years. So it was it was 2010 mm-hmm. when you you were founded. Yes. Yes. And who? So it was you and a business partner. It was me and and my friend Andre. It happened that uh, uh, it was a the the real beginning was in the same day when I have a birthday. So I was uh, uh, on the bar, and uh, Andre was the first uh, guy who came. And uh, my parents called me, and they asked me uh, to buy a bike. So they want to give me the birthday gift, uh, the bike. And uh, it was a funny situation for me because it was the first time in my life in my life when I was in a position to buy the bike because previously I received always the bike from the team. So people pay me for it and I never have a freedom to choose the group set, which is the brand, the color and etc. So so I was a 30 years old guy with a quite lot of experience with uh, with the bikes and uh, who never bought the bike for himself. So it was a unique situation for me, and it was a very uh, Andre in that days was a very um, curious what uh, brand I will uh, choose and etc. And I I I told him that uh, I will not going in that way. That I will first uh, study a little bit uh, 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 where is the the steel tubes right now, what is in the offer, and then I will select some frame builder who will put the tubes together for me and etc and he was very impressed with that possibility because he didn't know it so he was immediately on the board and uh, actually we didn't need this bike so uh, so we take a time and we uh, want to make it a nice project for us so we started traveling we visited a lot of uh, frame builders here in the Czech Republic it was uh, in the past it was a nice uh, scene of the frame building but uh, no one fits to our needs. So we went to Italy. Uh, I know the language. I have a lot of connection there. So we went to Italy. And uh, during this traveling, we realized that um, uh, almost no one has under control all the skills what you need to have if you want to build the perfect bike. So it was a guys who doesn't understand my rider's needs. They don't know how to, con- uh, how to transfer them to the geometry. Uh, if there is one someone who understands what I want, the craftsmanship wasn't on the good level. Uh, if these both things works, uh, they frozen with the design somewhere in the eighties. So, so uh, we can't found uh, the perfect uh, frame builder for us who owns all this. So we went back and to the Czech Republic, and we want to do this like a project. Uh, and so we start to searching for some. Uh, craftsmen's uh, uh, guys uh, and uh, we want to build our perfect bike 
just like a project. And then we falling in love uh, with that, what we saw, the possibilities. And the Czech Republic is a perfect industry country where there's a lot of uh, uh, like basic research and basic industry. And uh, we saw uh, like the possibilities of uh, high-end industry. What we, we can transfer to... Uh, to the simple things like the bike frame is it so this is how all these starts and then you andre and yourself you 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 created a business and then because you, you you have backing from a billionaire was was that from the start or was that later on it was later on because uh, uh, um, we was we was start we, we start with the steel uh, and uh, we uh, on the beginning we can't imagine that we will jump to the carbon so soon but somehow it happened and uh, we uh, we discover uh, some possibilities in in the carbon and in titanium as well and uh, and we uh, <laughs> and we. Uh, we burn all our our money, uh, what we put to the business together with Andre. So first, um, uh, financing of our company was uh, through the fundraising. So in uh, 2012, we made like own private fundraising project, uh, call it 200, and we promised people to deliver uh, 200 uh, carbon frames, uh, uh, which we did actually it wasn't uh, 200 I, if i remember correctly we, we produced around the 70 because uh uh, uh production cost was higher uh, than the price <laughs> what we promised so uh but but it helped us to develop our first uh carbon frame together with the compotech and uh, later on with the czech technical university and etc and uh, basically this was the really uh base of our future uh today i hope i can say high in production and uh so we show something with that uh and we need the money to uh to fund the the company to fund the production uh we know that uh, we are on the some direction what we feel uh that can bring something what is not on the market uh, right now and uh yeah so we need the money for it so uh we make this connection with uh, that uh, billionaire guy so how i mean that, that that's fascinating how do you make a connection with the billionaire guy because that's not an everyday occurrence <laughs> is he a cyclist what 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 where, where's his uh, interest no no uh <laughs> good question i, I don't <laughs> know <laughs> uh uh, it's happened that uh, um, uh, one. Uh, so uh, so we were searching for it. So it wasn't uh, uh, like there was no secret that we was searching for the partner. And we was uh, talking with uh, Mr. Bakala, which is, is he is owner of the Quickstep team. So it's a Czech guy who owns the Quickstep team. And uh, and we had a meeting with him, and he was a very. Um, happy uh to uh when he imagined that he can own something like that but the we don't like the people around him so uh basically we say no 
and this was a funny because uh, uh, then the Forbes magazine uh, made an interview with us and uh, Mr. Bakala confirmed that we say no uh, uh, in that uh, negotiation. And uh, so these things maybe go public that we searching for uh, someone and the big guys are interesting to invest to our company. And then one my friend knows this guy and uh, this guy and uh, he called me if, he, if uh, I want to set up meeting with him. So he set up the meeting. We uh, have a one lunch. Uh, he asked us about the business. He uh, set up the next day the lunch again and he asked us for some question. And uh, uh, we was impressed uh, how uh, good homework uh, he did overnight. So he studied the business. He, uh, I don't know, he asked us for the 15 questions and the 10 questions was uh, perfectly on point. So, um, yeah, so we made a deal with him. Because people do get into the bike industry. Often, often they're, they're very much enthusiasts and they assume they're going to make lots of money. And then they get into the bicycle industry and discover it's actually a, a cottage industry in many respects. It, you don't make much money in this industry. So, so is your billionaire? I mean, this is this is Michel Korecki, yes. This, this is he still happy with with the bicycle industry and with you? Uh, uh, hard to say. So I think that we have a we have a maybe different vision about uh, about the future because uh, uh, you name it. So these guys uh, uh, want to push uh, uh, the business always to the big numbers, uh, and uh, we feel more our potential in this niche. Let's say luxury. Uh, uh, business uh, because uh, this was the original uh, idea behind the Fesca to create uh, the very high-end bike which are perfect in every um, point of view so there need to be perfect components uh, perfect material uh, perfect frame a very nice design and everything need to be perfect and this was our vision uh, yeah, and uh, we want to keep this. So, uh, um, um, yeah. So, so in that we have a different direction, and as I mentioned before, uh, there will be change in the, our own structure uh, soon, uh, which will reflect uh, exactly what I named it right now. So let's go backwards a bit because you mentioned there your, your when your your birthday mm -hmm. uh the bicycle that you could choose and the fact that you were a bicycle racer and you got bikes given by teams so yeah, tell I, me about your bicycle racing career michael i i remember that when it was a, a olympic games in seoul which was uh, uh 86 if i remember correctly i was a sick and I saw it, uh, I, it's like a flashback when I um, uh, call uh, to my brother to see the television and there was a team pursuit race uh, on it. And I was uh, so fascinated with the guys on this bike with the full disc wheels and uh, 
aero helmet and the skin suit and uh, this was something but i was a like a pure guy uh, uh living somewhere in the mountains so uh i can't imagine uh how can happen that someone uh do this sport so i forgot it on it and during the high school uh i started because there was some discussion and the people asked me what will be my dream job and i say the pro cycling and they smile me uh, and i say oh, i could be uh pro racer uh so i start to take this stuff seriously uh and i become to be one of the best like a junior uh racer uh i get them medal from the world championship in the team pursuit so somehow my dream come true uh and uh i have a like a very big results uh when i was junior um then i moved uh, from the junior category directly to um to the italy i was racing for small teams in the italy was in these days the small teams was very often the good this team was connected with the pro team so first year i was in team was connected with the mercatone uno and then i was on the farm of uh, mapei and uh, it was a very interesting experience for me uh, then i need to return back to the czech republic to make a military service so i can ride a bike uh, also during the military service but i need to stay here in the czech republic and then i stay with that uh, uh pro continental military team in the end of my career in year 2006 so during that time i was a 10 time uh czech champion on the on the road on the on the track so like nothing special <laughs> i think it's quite special uh so 2006 you 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 retire you've been in italy um you're at the age of 26 so there's four years but what the, the there's a gap mm-hmm. here so 2006 to 2010 when you founded fesco what were you doing in those four years yeah first uh, i uh, maybe i i quit i still have a contract when i quit but i realized that uh my uh i will be never like uh winner of the tour de france and etc and it was also the complicated situation because i was very often so close to sign the contract but it was a uh in in these days uh the the germany like a very strong economic doesn't have a, a pro-continental t- team so it was a quite complicated situation so it was a pragmatic decision so i uh, uh i say myself that i'm not uh, too old to uh try something new and uh one of my friends uh searching for someone who can uh, be head of his political campaign because he wants to become to be a, um, the major of uh, the Prague city. So, and I say, hey, this is interesting. So maybe this could be like a good restart for, for, for myself. So I say, I can, I can quit the, the, the riding the bike in, immediately and I can start to working for you. So and this happened. So the next uh, four years I was working in the marketing and uh, mainly I did the political campaigns. 
so something. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I realized that it's not so good for my karma. So I was uh, looking uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to to go back to the site. Mm. And then you founded Fesca with Andrej. And now Fesca, you told me before, means fixy, in effect, in, in Czech. Uh, it is, but it's a little bit complicated. Uh, uh, the Fesca, it's, uh, uh, it's a very old Czech uh, name for uh, the fixed bike, a fixie, but in means of the track bike, not uh, the, the fixie what uh, become to be uh, popular in over the year 2000, whatever. So, uh, uh, and I know this word because uh, uh, since my uh, track career, um, uh, my coach or the old rider always call uh, the track bike uh, Fesca. So, and I have this background and uh, there was a free com domain and I never want to put my name on on, on the frame because uh, I, since the beginning, I want to create the project, the, the, the people will be working together on the frame. So uh, it uh, doesn't make sense uh, to put my name on it because it's not uh, only my work. So, uh, yeah, so I just take this. Uh, again, it was a pragmatic decision. So people uh, can, uh, there was uh, no connection between this name and anything else. Uh, so if you put to the Google, uh, it works for us uh, and etc. So, so again, nothing special, just a pragmatic decision. And I like this work. And do you, do you make fixies as well? I mean, or is that you've always got a gear? Does it- uh uh we yeah this is uh this is all the people think that we start with a fixie actually it's a true so uh on the beginning we made the fixie bike but uh in the reality we made like maybe uh 10 bikes uh, like mm-hmm. a fixed gear bikes because uh, uh we, we we give ourselves uh, uh first two years uh, for the studying uh the the business the the, the cycling market because we don't have this experience so we was open to do everything what the clients wants from us. So from this early uh, ages of the Fesca, uh, we made it full suspension bikes, for example, uh, mountain bikes, uh, the traveling bikes, and etc. So and we learn uh, from our mistakes in that. So and everything uh, somehow. Uh, influence us for the future so the fixie was amazing school for us because there was a client who doesn't have any experience in the cycling so they ask us for the, for the things what the, uh, the experienced cyclists never ask for like to like paint uh, spokes uh, uh, the, i don't know uh, the, the 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 they want to have a different leather on the chair uh, on the saddle and etc so and we want to um fulfill uh their wishes uh and uh and uh, from these days uh, uh comes this uh, our experience today that we can make uh, uh, gold leaves on the saddle and etc and we have uh, experience that this works so it was a good school for us but uh, no business and uh yeah and there is maybe 10 people owns the, the, the Fesca fixie bike. Right. Okay. Now tell me about the Doppler because the Doppler is, mm-hmm. it's half of its carbon and half its titanium. So where, where are the, where are the different tubes there? 
this become um, actually this was uh, one of the few things what uh, <laughs> uh, the, our billionaire on the board influenced us because he uh, uh, he asked us if we can make the titanium frame. I say again based on my experience from the racing i say okay it's uh, not a big deal to uh, do well the titanium uh, frame but uh, to make the perfect titanium frame it's a different kind of thing so uh, but luckily in the past was in the czech republic the company named morati and uh, it was uh, it's a company today they produce uh, the vet the part for the engine and maybe some weapons for the u.s military so again very high-end industry focusing on welding the titanium and in the 90s uh, they don't have a uh, work so they started doing somehow uh, the bicycle parts and they use all the experience uh, uh, and they transfer this uh, to, to the bike so they have a very unique technology and uh, in 2004 this company bought the uh, Honeywell, so they immediately quit uh, the bike production, and uh, and uh, I uh, contact the CEO of this company, and uh, he helped us to develop our uh, titanium program. So we started doing the titanium frame, and uh, then I uh, a lot of people call me always before the Christmas, <laughs> same time like now. And they they want to have uh, uh, something like a combination of the carbon and titanium, something like the fireflies do or Enigma or this uh, titanium lux and the carbon tube inside. And I always say to them, hey, it doesn't make sense uh, to me because uh, this is the, the, the solution what was here a long time ago and it's always felt like uh, Alan frames, mm. uh, look frames uh, and etc it doesn't matter of the when the glue will be old enough uh, uh, and there were, i was uh, so many reason uh, don't don't do this because uh, the one of the uh, rules what we have in fesca that we never do anything without the purpose and in that kind i didn't see the purpose but the people push me and i say okay i, I don't remember it was 2016 during the christmas and i say i will be uh, uh, thinking about the, each tube separately so uh, i start with the head tube and uh, i realized that the, the to make uh, uh, the carbon head tube it's the much more easier and much more better for the frame than to use the titanium one so uh, then I thinking about the main uh, tubes, top tube and the down tube. And I think that these guys are who buy this bike are people who wants to have the modern version of the titanium bike. So they still wants to feel and see uh, the titanium. So the main tubes are from titanium. The bottom bracket, it's somehow just the holder for the bearings. So... Uh, perfect uh, things to save the weight uh, with the carbon chain stays are responsible for uh, the the power transmission so definitely the carbon is a better for that application the titanium uh, has a lot of uh, um, um, troubles uh, uh, with the diameter of the tube and etc so the carbon was a perfect solution seat stays are responsible for the comfort titanium can afford afford the perfect comfort and the last thing was a seat post and uh, our uh, uh, 
a solution with the integrated seat post. Uh, it's uh, the weight. It's a uh, 185 grams, whatever. All the seat post with the uh, with the lock for the saddle, so we can save a lot of weight on it. So, and if you put this tube together, uh, I think that somehow it's 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 works and it's a good frame. Still, you feel the titanium and the weight of this bike. It's a uh, uh, 1100 grams. So. Uh, it's lighter than the luck solution so yeah so this is it so and we we know how to how to work with the titanium and how to work with the carbon so uh the the joints what are what looks like lux actually this is not the lux it's the the the, the, the special way how we uh do this uh, lamination and one of the magic uh, things it's uh, in the anodization so we need to uh, the, the 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 very complicated stuff was how to uh, prepare the titanium for 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 that. Mm. And what's the light? What what's the lightest bike that you can do with with a road disc brake bike? <laughs> this is uh, uh, always uh, the question that the people ask me for, and uh, I my answer is easily five hundred grams. But uh, you need to ask me uh, if this bike will be good or not. So, uh, so it's uh, it's uh, always the combination of the stiffness, uh, uh, the 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 riding comfort. The, the bike need to be stable in the high speed, uh, which is the weakness of uh, the ultralight frame and etc. So today I think that uh, uh, the seven hundred fifty grams, let's say it's uh uh the border uh and uh i don't feel the reason to go below uh that way so for a full bike you can get that to like 5.8 kilos for the full uh, uh in the you asked me for the disc version so uh two, a few months ago uh we we made it the the disc version of the bike and the weight was a five uh, Point uh, six uh, uh, kilos, uh, and uh, still, uh, the, and the target wasn't to make the lightest disc uh, bike on the world. The 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 the, reason, the target was to make the perfect uh, bike with uh, has uh, no uh, issues. So he has uh, all the gears what you need, uh, uh, no light component that you need to glue. Uh, and these uh, crazy uh, things, what uh, the uh, the, to, the weight we need do to to reach uh, uh, the limit. So all the components on it are, let's say, standard one. So it's a five point six with uh, very light tires. It was five point five, but after I decide to use the normal tires for it, so mm. so it could be less. And in with the with the same bike with the rim brakes, it will be close to five, I guess. Now, when you, you were mentioning before about when you in your your pro career that you you couldn't choose your bike, you were given your bike. So pros are, are given bikes, and they can't choose. So they they couldn't. No pro could choose your bike and say, "I want to ride on that bike because that's the best bike." They've got to ride on on spec bikes. That's that's kind of unfair that they can't ride on the best bikes in the world. It's a business behind that, so it's a, it's a it's a change uh, uh, over the year two thousand. So in the nineties, uh, uh, if you uh, will be um, 
the team director and so maybe you will be you, you will visit me and say hey michael i believe that the, with your frame we can win the tour de france i say okay uh, i believe in your skills and in your riders uh, and uh, what do you want and probably you will be asking me for i don't know 60 maybe 80 frames i said i will say okay let's make a deal Today, if you are a bike producer, you will never ask me for the quality of the bike. You always ask me how uh, much money I can give you. So uh, if you are a good manager, I, I believe that you are. So uh, your your uh, condition will be like uh, uh, 300 bikes, not frames, but full build bikes. And uh I know something from uh, 500,000 uh, um, uh, euros or even close to a million euros per year, uh, like uh, like like a minimum. So this is the this is the conditions uh, what uh, the pro team uh, can have uh, uh, right now. So um, so today on Tour de France, you can't see uh, the people who can afford it to pay the rider. It doesn't mean that these products are the best it's nothing against mm -hmm. to this product but uh, uh, this was a, one of the best bigger surprise for myself uh, when i was uh, a racer i lived in the bubble of uh, the pro cycling so i know a lot of brands but all these brands can afford it to pay the rider then i discover a lot of niche brands good brands like i don't know like a chris king headset uh, uh, i always fight with a headset on my race bike uh, so when i quit uh, and i discovered there is a, some guy named uh, named chris king who made this amazing headset uh, i never have an issue with that right now so uh, and there is a, so many nice niche components and this company can survive without uh, uh, support the the big uh, racer so are you making electric bikes for people you know, like a, where they can fit the battery in? Mm, mm. Is that a growing market? No. Uh, uh, definitely, it's a big market for a mass production bike. Uh, we, uh, the people pushing us to do this as well. Uh, so during the Christmas, I will, uh, 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 maybe it's happen in the future. Uh, we are in, we, we, we will be tested the, the very specific engine in the beginning of the next year, um, which is unique because it fits to every our current frame. So, so this seems to be interesting to me that I can be sure that uh, nothing change uh, with uh, um, um, behavior of the bike or with uh, the feeling what the rider has, and uh, it's just the option if you. If you select any our bike and uh, you just ask us for the engine uh, like uh, like uh, upsell or something, what is there? Um, it will be maybe possible. Uh, the funny, what I like on that solution is that it's uh, just a one and a half kilo, which means that the battery has a one kilo. So if you want to enjoy the bike uh, without the the help uh, from the engine, you just need to keep the battery at home. So in the reality, your bike will have just the 500 grams uh, uh, on the top. And uh, when we talk about our 
0.6 uh, uh, kilos uh, dispersion bike so it will be uh, 6.1 still you will have a, a lighter frame with um, uh, a lighter bike uh, than the majority of the population so so this uh, seems to be interesting uh yeah, so there is just few things what uh, need to be solved, uh, uh, like the the temperature of the engine inside the tubes and etc. So, but it looks promising. So I think that is a eighty percent change that uh, we will offer uh, this option in the future. Nothing what it's my personal taste if you ask me for it uh, but uh, uh, I understand the clients who live uh, somewhere in the Alps for example so there is nowhere to go uh, so this uh, support uh, makes sense for them so the, the bicycles you are making as you said before they are luxury products mm. uh, so the people who are buying them ha- by, by absolute definition have to be rich um so no no go on then no no uh this is uh um, <laughs> this is interesting because if your dream will be uh to own the ferrari for example or a rose royce car um and uh i don't know you are you're working uh, behind the desk or in the supermarket um probably you can't never afford the car like that even if you win the money in the lottery, you will have not money for the maintenance. Uh, so for many people, uh, this dream, it's uh, closed forever. But uh, to have a dream bike uh, from uh, from Fesca, let's say, it's okay. So uh, our bike starts at, uh, I don't know, seven. Uh, 6000 euros uh, uh, uh if you don't want to do the uh, the compromise uh, you need to be ready to pay uh, somewhere around 10000 euros but still uh, the value of this bike you can enjoy for next 20 years so basically it's just your decision or uh the priority so we have i'm surprised uh, uh with uh, uh how many let's say ordinary people no, or definitely not richer people uh, we have uh, in our Fesca family. So it's not the matter of, uh, of, of, of the money. Uh, it's a matter of the preferences. Thanks to Michael Murachek there. Links to Fesca and my Forbes article about the company can be found on the show notes at the-spokesman.com. On the last episode, I had promised I'd be talking with academic John Stalen, but this bonus episode bumped that show into 2020. Meanwhile, get out there and ride. <laughs>